Thanks for joining us today as you listen to a portion of a message recorded at Vine Life Church in Boulder, Colorado. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can visit us online at www.vinelife.com. So, you know, whenever I travel, I always pray, no deadly thing will harm me in the name of Jesus, then I eat it. So, you know, that's what the Bible says. You just sanctify everything by the Word of God and prayer. So, so prayer, and you can eat anything if you pray over it and put ketchup on it. <laughs> Don't forget the ketchup. <laughs> uh, I, we had, um, I had someone come and tell me this morning of those 300 homes that were lost in Colorado Springs in the fire, 180 of those uh, homes were people who attend Woodman Valley in Colorado Springs. So can you imagine that church this morning? 180 of their people have lost their homes. So I'd like to pray for them quickly. And then I also thank the Lord for a great camp. Uh, Piper just did a great job leading that camp, her and Danny, and the leadership team. It was awesome. So, so where are you, Piper? Are you still here? Did you survive? I lost you. Oh, there yeah, yeah, you are. Let's pray. Father, we pray for these families of Woodman Valley. Lord, we know this is really a difficult time for them. But you have promised to even turn these things for good. And so we pray that out of this, that relationships would be built, provision would be released, that you would do something in hearts that would just change that church. Lord, for good. Bless them. Help them minister to them, we pray. And then we pray for the camp, and we're so grateful, Lord, for the great things that took place in our camp, for the leadership there, for the young people that made commitments. Lord, thank you for returning them safely. And we rejoice in your goodness and what you did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's a while back. I was at a dinner table with some people. We were eating. And as we were eating, a conversation, you know, just about numerous different things. And I was kind of quiet, just kind of reflective. Actually, the people that were there were a little bit more vocal than me. And uh, so I was just enjoying being quiet. And and uh, a, person, a man across from the table, he said to me, or said to all of us, I've, I've kind of fulfilled a dream recently. And um, now I don't know what to do. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about death and what that means. Well, that kind of woke me up. A guy is saying, I've kind of fulfilled a dream and I've been thinking about death. You know, he's sending a message. I, I'm going to check out. And so it woke me up and I heard him say that. And as he did, in that moment, something came out of me, which I had not thought about or planned. It, it, it came in a way in which I knew the Lord said that. I, I was just as surprised as anybody in the room. You know what I mean? You've had that happen? Like, that was good. What was that? <laughs> and so, as he's talking about, you know, he's kind of ready to check out. 
cash it in. I said to him, it's not what you're going to do. It's who you are, and you're a priest unto the Lord. And it just, I mean, whoa. He, it, it was difficult for him to receive because he works in a Catholic hospital and works around Catholic priests. And so he thought, I, in his mind, all he could think of is Catholic priests. And it just, that just didn't register with him and didn't, he didn't want to uh, embrace that. And as there's nothing wrong with Catholic priests, that's not what I was talking about. I was talking, I said to him, what I'm saying is you're a spiritual priest unto the Lord. And I know he didn't fully grasp what God was saying to him in that moment. As a matter of fact, when I say to you this morning, you are a priest unto the Lord, what does that mean to you? How does that register with you? I think he's probably still working on it. Do you know God will say things to us that we don't fully understand, so we'll just go work on it? He says, seek ye first the kingdom. Sometimes you have to seek. Sometimes it's not just laid out. You have to go for it. You have to go search it out. Well, let's search out what this means to be a priest here for a moment, all right? If one of you don't say yes, I'm, we're done. I'm just, we're in trouble right here. <laughs> okay. Oh, I felt such a release right there. Freedom to preach, right? You're ready. You want the word. 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5, 9 and 10 says, And coming to him as to a living stone rejected by men. Who is it talking about? No. And coming to him is us. We, it says rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. There's a word for you. Rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy... What's the word? So that's me. That's us. We are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood. To, and this is what we do as priests. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So that's what we're assigned to do as spiritual priests, is to offer spiritual sacrifices. That it can be praise, worship, prayers, fasting, art, dance, creative expressions of praise to God. That's what we offer to him. And Hebrews thirteen fifteen says, Through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. You know, sometimes it's a sacrifice to offer praise when your circumstances are negative, when the challenges around you would hold you back, and you don't feel like praising the Lord. Come on, you've been there, right? I don't feel like praising the Lord. But that's, that is a sacrifice we're to offer in that moment. One of the best sacrifices you'll ever offer to God of praise is, I don't understand, but I praise you anyway. I don't like what's going on in my life, but I praise you anyway. I don't like my spouse, but I praise you anyway. 
Come on. I don't like my job, but I praise you anyway. That, I think, is probably one of the most pleasing sacrifices to the Lord. To praise Him in the face of negative circumstances. To praise Him in the face of opposition. Another reason we offer spiritual sacrifices, I like this one, Psalm 22, 3. He inhabits the praises of His people. When we come in here and we offer up worship and praise in this house together, what we're doing is we're creating a place for the presence and the glory of the Lord to come and manifest in our midst. We're not just singing songs. We're not just going through a church service. We're coming into his presence. We're seeking him. And you know, it's not just what we're saying, but it's what's in our hearts. As we combine what's in our hearts with our words and expressions of praise, the, the presence of the Lord is released in our house. I, like this morning, I don't know what it was for you, but right there down on that seat, the presence was pretty strong. And that's what we're here for. That's, what, that's why we come. That's our number one agenda. In our pre-service prayer meeting, Lenny said, Lord, we don't have any agenda this morning. We just want to meet you. That's being a spiritual priest. That's putting the Lord first and primary. Now let's go to verse 9. But you are a chosen race, a royal what? Priesthood. Do you know there's royalty in this? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. You belong to him. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In Matthew 4, it says Jesus came to a people, came into the world to those who were sitting in darkness to show them light. He has brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And we are to proclaim the excellencies of what he has done for us in our life to other people. Now notice the priority. The priority is that we offer praise to him in the vertical, and then that releases us to offer praise for what he's done and proclaim his goodness in the horizontal. We don't want to get that we don't want to get that confused. Sometimes we think it's about ministry to people. That's secondary. Our first ministry is unto him. If we minister to him Then he releases ministry through us to other people. Now, when you're just growing in the Lord, one of the questions that you'll have is, what's my ministry? What's my ministry? Lord, I want a ministry. Lord, what we're thinking of is a horizontal thing. You know, some particular type of ministry, whether it's worship or speaking or teaching or serving or caring for the poor or whatever it might be, a missionary, whatever. We're thinking in a horizontal level. Lord, what's my ministry? What's my ministry? That I'm suggesting to you is not the primary question. He's already answered what your ministry is. Your first ministry is unto him. You're a priest. Under the Lord. So if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing in the horizontal, that just means you need to spend more time focusing in the vertical. Spend more time in his presence, and then he'll release to you what you're supposed to do outside. That's how it works. So all that frustration, what's my ministry? What's my ministry? Just just seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek him first. 
And then he'll show you. What happens, what you'll find happens is when you connect with him, who he is in you flows out of you naturally. And you'll have a ministry. It'll be wherever you go because he will speak to you. He'll speak through you. You know, the anointing will come through you. It's because it's his presence that will will come forth. So first we offer spiritual sacrifices, and then secondly we proclaim his excellencies. Now notice it says that we are priests, not judges. We are free. You are free. You don't have to worry about judging other people. Jesus took care of that. A judge is one who determines if somebody is in conformity to the law. And then when found guilty, they condemn them. But Jesus has already died for our sins and judged. And guess what? We, through his blood, we are found innocent, not guilty. So we don't have to do that. We're priests, not judges. But this thing about judging is so subtle that many times we have no idea how much we live in judgment. And it blocks us being priests. Judgment, by the way, is coming to a conclusion without all the facts. It's so subtle. Let me give you a story. It just recently had this happen to me, and I realized how subtle this thing is. I just share it with you to alert you in your own life to ask God to help you to be free from it, that you can be a priest and not a judge. So I'm sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair. If I can do that, life is good. <laughs> if, they, um, if there's a way to send me out in a rocking chair, that'd be fine. <laughs> so, so I'm sitting on the rocking chair on the front porch, and uh, at Mindy and Bobby's house, we're living with them now. And as we're there, a guest is there, and this guest has a child, probably around four years old. Next thing I know, this child is running down the street. And mom's chasing this child as fast as she can go. And uh, I thought, oh, that's kind of strange. And uh, child running away. And uh, so then next thing I know, the child's going up the street this way. And there's mom running again, you know. And about that time, I'm sitting on the porch. I don't say anything, but this is what went through my mind, having raised 12 children. If I could just have that child for a little bit. If I could just talk to that mom for just a little bit about parenting here, I think I could help her out with this kid. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I could help out with this kid. So she comes back, and as she comes back dragging in human toe, she says to those of us sitting on the porch, she says, We're scheduled to take him in for testing tomorrow. They think he has autism. He doesn't speak. And right then, the Spirit of the Lord, I just went, oh. I'm I'm sitting here as a judge. Oh, Lord. How easy that is in so many different ways, in different circumstances, to sit as a judge. Instead of a priest would be interceding for that. Right? The good news, you don't have to judge anymore. 
You can pray. You can offer up praise. You can intercede. You can live as a priest when you see people who have need, when you see people who seem to be falling short, when you see situations, you think, I think I'd like to speak into that. You might pray into it first. Before the Lord would cause you to speak into it. Around here, Isaiah 61 has been our DNA for a long time. We talk about Isaiah 61. The Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to bind up the brokenhearted and set the captive free and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. But as you go on down and see what the Lord does through us, he calls us in verse 6, priest. He says, but you will be called the priest of the Lord. You will be spoken of as ministers of our God. Do you see the same sequence? You're priests of the Lord first and second, ministers of our, our God to his people. And so he goes on to say in Isaiah 61, as you go through this, he talks about how as priests, we will impact the nations. We'll make a difference in the nations. He then tells in verse 4 down through 10, he talks about the rewards of being a, a priest. And so let me just list these things real quickly. We don't have time because I'm going to show you a video here in just a minute. But there's a, there's a list of reward that he has for us as priests. Here, here's number one in verse four. Those who receive ministry from us will come join us and rebuild the devastation that's in people's lives. They, those who come will care for this spiritual house. There will be an abundant provision for us as priests. All the shame that we've had from the past will be erased and a double portion of joy will be poured out in this house. <laughs> A double portion of joy. <laughs> Our children will be known among the nations because of the blessing of the Lord that's on them. There's one parent that's excited about that. Our soul will rejoice in the goodness of the Lord. It will release his glory in this house. The Lord will clothe us with garments of salvation and righteousness. The Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. These are the rewards of those who are priests of the Lord. And that's what he speaks over us and tells us that we are to be a royal priesthood. In November 2011, Ray Hughes was here at the Resound Conference. And he spoke a word over this church. And I've been waiting and praying and asking the Lord, when we might, when he might have me release this word again to the house on Sunday morning, because this was spoken on, I believe, on a Saturday night. This is a word that confirms what I'm just speaking to you right now about who Vine Life is and how we function as priests of the Lord, offering up praise and worship, and it will release the glory of God in this congregation and to the world around us. We've just been through a weekend of prayer and, and uh, in the tabernacle of David. This is who we are. We are a people who focus on worship and praise him. And as we do, he will release his glory to those around us. He will enthrone himself on the praises of this church. 
Now, while Ray never uses the word priest in what I'm about to show you, he's talking about those who are spiritual priests after God's very own heart, who will raise up a sound of praise and spiritual creativity that will touch the heart of the Father and be released to the nations. So I'd like you to listen to what Ray has to say as he speaks this over us. And we have uh, other speakers coming to us here the remainder of this year. It's going to start with Graham, and there's going to be others in here. Ray himself is going to uh, plan to return here in August. And then we have other, uh, we have Resound and other things that are going on. I'm speaking to you now before they even come and speak to us. Listen for confirmation of what you're going to hear in this video and what I'm just saying to you about who we are. In the next six months, listen for confirmation from the Lord, because the Lord is speaking to us about who we are. We know we're beloved sons and daughters. We've been talking about, we know that. But he wants us to operate as priests who focus on him first, make him the priority, seeking his presence, making that our desire. And as we seek him, then out of that will flow ministry to people that will impact the nations. We just prayed for a team that's gone to Mexico. So let's watch the video. And then I'll come back. Well, wouldn't it be just wonderful to just start watching what God's going to do in this room? Go ahead and see it in the spirit. Lord showed me that this, this room, because of what you guys carry in your generation, that this room right here is going to become an epicenter of his glory. He's going to be, begin to release sounds and shock waves out of this room. It will be like an epicenter just spreading out, rippling effect because of the simplicity and the purity of what people are carrying in their hearts in this place. Uh, that is, is God's desire. I believe that. Because the art that will come out of here is going to be, the art, even the art itself is going to, uh, declares glory. You know, all art defies, all art glorifies something or someone. And it's, uh, art is supposed to be a, a spiritual experience. Because just like God created the earth to be inhabited by his, by people, we can be, have been given the creativity. We can create our art to be inhabited by God. Think about that. If we're created in the image of God, then we're also born to create. And like God, it can also mean that your creation is not in vain. It's actually formed, your creation, your dance, your movement, your art, your song, your sound, whatever it is, it, it is, it is that creation is not to be in vain. It was formed to be inhabited and to have life. And so when God begins to move in that place of the depth of his spirit and you begin to have this life of interactive worship with him, you can fully expect for him to manifest himself when you do what you were created to do. Right? So out of this place where there is a collective creativity comes together, God's going to start moving in ways that are going to defy all intellectual reasoning and he's going to challenge every religious spirit that's ever tried to raise its head up in, 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 the, in this whole region, in this whole realm here. And, 
you are going to have to be a, become a people that learn how to effectively say, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. You're not going to have um, intellectual ideas that you can wrap around the wonder and the awesomeness of God. See, the thing is, is religious spirits try to insist to us that we know everything. And we're about to find out there's a bunch of stuff we didn't know. <laughs> One of the things that we're going to begin to realize very quickly is that, okay, okay, a bunch of smart folks, sure. But all that really means many times is we just become educated beyond obedience. Because we try to force all of God's expressed creativity into the limitations of our understanding. And I'm telling you, you're about to begin to have seasons of mind-blowing releases of the presence of God. It's going to just rattle, rattle our and we're going to have to probably have rehearsal. Uh, I don't know rehearsals. Where we just come together and learn all the ways. To, I don't know. And there, there's going to be things that is so going to defy our past understanding of who God is. Because notice every generation that had great outpourings and great encounters with God is because God revealed himself in a way that he had not been seen before. And we cannot exhaust the awesomeness of who God is. He is so infinite, he's so wondrous, he's so powerful, he's so glorious, he's so, mer- he's so, he's so many things. We don't even, just like all the color variations of heaven in the throne room and his presence, he's going to begin to reveal himself to his people just like that. And that, if you were in the throne room of heaven right now, every time you move, you see God from a, a different angle. And what God's looking for is a generation that are ravenous enough in their worship to step around on the side of the throne and see him in ways that people have been afraid to. Because it will defy the boxes they've already de- de- determined for him. And his reputation is based upon how we see God. No longer. His reputation is going to be him glorifying himself. And defying everything. See we thought we had him figured out. But we didn't have him figured out. He's going to reveal himself in such ways that it's going to create explosive. Explosive. Demonstrations of his power and his goodness and his beauty. And, and people are going to say, what about it? And you're just going to have to learn how to say it. I don't know. <laughs> work, work on that at home. I don't know. Here's another way you can say it. I don't know. <laughs> Go here. Huh? <laughs> See? When God begins to reveal himself, reveal his presence, it challenges everything that's, it challenges us. It's, we have to be sometimes so challenged to embrace change. And so, and we're in all kind of different places in that, in that walk of, of, as he reveals himself. Some people are, some people are, here's where they are. Huh. Now some people have moved from huh over into huh. Some are living over here and, huh. And then some have moved on over here, huh. And then over here, yeah. And the last place, yeah. And you can come through, the, you can walk through that process however you want to. You can, or you can be dragged through that process. It's entirely up to you. 
You can crawl through that process. You can moonwalk through the process. You can dance through the process. You can rejoice through that process. You, you can go any way you want to, but I can guarantee you that his love is not going to let you live over here. He's going to continue to do whatever is necessary to reveal himself in such a way it defies all of the boxes and you just want to jump into the, yeah, that's the God I love. That's the God who's revealing. That's the God who's more than able. That's the God who's going to do something with boundless grace, unlimited creativity, not only in this place, but in my life. And boundless grace, that word grace, awesome word, a divine infusion of God's enablement to you and through you to see to it that you fulfill God's destiny and purpose for your life and all the devils in hell cannot stop you and hold you up over here with an attitude. He's going to move you into the new place. That's an awesome God. That's an awesome God right there. You know what? Whoo! And some of you think, well, uh, let me remind you. As God calls you to a new thing, to do a new thing, maybe a whole new dimensions of expressed creativity that have been lying as latent, dormant seeds hidden away in your heart. Let me tell you something, guys. God never asked Noah to build an ark until he had built the trees. God's already got the trees waiting. He's already got all the resources waiting for you to fully be who you were created to be. You're going to step into places of worship. And the overflow of your worship then is going to be like carrying a sound that's going to capture the hearts of, the, of those that hear the sound of what God's doing in your life. To you and through you. What I'm telling you is, is you've got a bunch of knot-headed relatives about to give their heart to Jesus. What I'm telling you is, is re- redemption and rejoicing and the prodigals are getting ready to start coming home, guys. Because they're going to run out of excuses Because God's getting ready to show who he really is, not the reputation that has been given in our generation about God. His real glory, his real power, his real beauty, his real awesomeness, his real wonder. It's, 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 I mean, you guys just, just hang on. Yeah, that's going to be your number one job is going to be paying attention. Just watching God do what God does, what only God can do. And it's going to spark some amazing, amazing demonstrations of bizarre, outlandish creativity. We go back to those places and ask God to do his marvelous, wondrous acts again in our generation because we're carrying the song and the carrying the sound. And you know what God promised? He promised when he builds again the tabernacle of David, that it'll be all about the harvest. It's going to be about a generation moving in. Let's just use the word. Moving in ultra creativity and the, and the awesomeness of God through their lives. And he promised, he says, well, I'm going to raise up again this tabernacle of David. I'm going to bring all those musical poets and singers and songwriters and dancers and those that believe when they play that they can actually touch my heart and my hand will move for the nations. And you know, his promises are in that day, I'm going to build again the tabernacle of David. And, and, and then the sower will be overtaken by the reaper, the planter overtaken by the harvester. And guys, that's our generation. That's our generation. When we get the, when we, when, when we not only explore the possibilities, but just the wonder of God to cause in this generation, somebody to play a song and release the nature of God. You know what? We got to start dreaming the dreams of God and we got to realize we do not have the right to abort the dreams of God in our generation. 
because His Word is true. And we cannot keep wrapping it around our past experience thinking that that is going to justify us denying the wonder of God in our generation to be more than just religious rhetoric and Christian events. We're living, in a, we're living in a day that's being challenged in the spirit realm right there. There are challenges happening right now. And God's looking for a people that will be challenged and changed and step into this new day. We cannot continue to succumb to just marketability. And this, what, 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 you know, for lack of a better word, we'll just call it, uh, man, fan-based Christianity will not work anymore. It's not about personalities and charismatic giftings. It's about a people that are pouring their heart out unto God for their generation. And they're going to touch God's heart and his hand will move for their generation. Here's the danger, guys. When we start embracing the ideas of the Tabernacle of David, we think we look at a place like Kansas City where Mike Bickles raised up this 24-7 thing. And we think, there's the Tabernacle of David. No, it's not. That's an an expression of the Tabernacle of David. It's not the full expression. See, and God wants an expression of it to be here. And it may not look like that. It may not. This place is not supposed to look like Reading. This place is not supposed to look like Kansas City. This place is not supposed to look like. This place is supposed to look like this creative God that has touched the DNA of this place and of this heart. And created a song and an expression and a sound coming out of here that can't come from somewhere else. It's not about continuing to find ways to reinvent more ideas, more ways to emulate other expressions somewhere. God wants to find the unique sound and song that comes out of your individual life and cause you to be a part of the bouquet of his creativity of this house. Or this, this region right here has a sound that's not being realized. The songs are being diminished continually in this, because of the spirit realm stuff. That is worshiping other gods. And this is a day of the visitation of the Lord to come to this place and begin to shift everything. Because again, I challenge anybody in this whole region, in this whole realm. I challenge anybody to even see and experience one time the glory of God and not be changed by it. It's time for real harvest to come to come to Colorado. Not Not another generation of empty promises and religious rhetoric that creates hype around events. God's wanting to really do something that only God can do. And he's going to leave everybody standing gloriously stupefied saying, I don't know, but there he is. And I'm trying to be nice. And I I don't mean to sound, you know, negative. Negative. I'm just saying if, 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 if what, we've got, what we've got is all there is, we're in trouble. God wants to do more than this. He really, 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 really wants to enthrone himself on the praises of his people. More than just emotional responses, as wonderful as they are. There's a spirit-to-spirit response that God wants to put here. And he's already conditioning. He's already preparing. He's already setting in place the hearts of a generation that he's raising up right now that's going to carry the sound. This will be a place that will be an epicenter for the sound and the beauty and the presence and the power of God to arrest hearts and it'll be a unique expression. It won't have to look like something else. 
It'll look, it'll look like, it'll sound like, it'll be what God intended for it to be. What I just want you to, what, what I want you, us to hear tonight are just the crazy possibilities that God has to demonstrate who He is through those that'll just walk and release their sound. Just walk and carry their sound of rewards. The simplicity of the, the gospel of the kingdom lies with every one of us. The first half of your life, God spends the first half of your life trying to get in your life, second half trying to get out. <laughs> with that simplicity, I want to tell you, there's a tribe being raised up here with a sound that's going to begin to shift things in the spirit realm here so you can be ready for anything. And no matter how dark the time looks in culture, I'm not one of those prophet of doom and gloom guys. I, but I'm a realist. I'm, I, I'm not a... I'm not... I'm a realist. I believe Humpty Dumpty was pushed, all right? But I also, I'm not a sensationalist. And the message tonight, a lot of what I'm saying sounds almost like sensationalism. I don't want to go there with you. What I want you to know is, is God is about to do things that we don't have a box to put him in. It can begin with a simple 17-year-old boy sitting out in the field playing to a bunch of sheep and falls in love with his God. His name was David. And he rose up and began to walk out his destiny based upon his creativity. And God said, "There's one. I'll establish standards of worship through this kid. No political ambition, no political prowess, no political... He wasn't pursuing anything. He was pursuing God. And out of that, he raised him up and created a whole musical, creative culture that God wants to re-release in our generation. So Tabernacle of David generation, yes, more than that. Davidic heart. When we, have, when we are I mean, after God's very own heart, that's what he's doing in our generation. So... Wow. Spiritually, we are in the line of David. A man after God's own heart. That's who we are. The Lord has been preparing us as sons and daughters to be priests before Him, to minister to Him. And then ministry will reach out to others. Praise and worship in this house will touch the nations. It's already happening. But it's going to increase. It's going to explode. Ray called it an epicenter of his glory. As I taught last week, priests bring a new perspective to people's lives. They bring the kingdom, the perspective of the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you didn't hear that message last week, you might want to go online and get that. Priests will change the perspective. So when someone is sick, The perspective can be changed. Jesus Christ paid the price for that. You can be healed. Depression. Jesus has come to shine light into your life and bring hope. Fresh hope. Where you feel rejected and alone. He has come with his love to embrace you. For you to realize, I'm loved and accepted. People who are sitting in darkness will see a great light.
those sitting in the shadow of death will have a light dawn on them as we seek the Lord first, as we worship Him and offer up spiritual sacrifices of praise and worship to Him. For Revelation 1.6 says, And He has made us to be a kingdom, priest to His God and Father. To Him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Would you stand? And I'd like to close this service as priests unto the Lord, offering up our praise and sacrifices to Him from the fruit of our lips. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you praise, Lord.